Welcome back to She Talks Live. This is your host, Vaughn, and we are here for another episode where it's a continuation of episode 33, which I launched a few days ago, welcoming you guys back to the podcast and kind of giving you a little brief overview of what has happened and where I had took in, um, an impromptu hiatus, unplanned hiatus. Welcome back to today's episode. In today's episode, we're just going to continue with um, some things and, you know, just kind of dive into like getting my feet wet again, back on the mic. It's been so long since I've actually held this mic and talked on this mic and shared some things about life. And um, in today's episode, I want to talk about grief. Um Grief is such a powerful thing, um, especially if you've never dealt with grief um, at all. And then, you know, if you have dealt with grief before, because grief comes in different stages and grief happens in different areas. And what I mean by that is when it's a close family member, that grief is different versus a friend. Um, so the way you handle those different types of grief is different. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about grief is that lately I've been experiencing grief indirectly. Um, we don't really understand how others feel when they are at a loss, when things are taken from them, people are taken from them. We only know how to say my condolences because oftentimes we don't understand how to process their grief. We don't also understand how we process someone close to us going through a situation of grief. And um, I've come to be indirectly affected by grief twice in the last month. And then early on this year, my husband's best friend of 20-something years and bandmate passed away in August. Um, he passed away suddenly after having colon surgery and it really was a defining moment for me to sit back and watch how my husband dealt with the grief. Um, and the reason I say it this way is because I don't deal well with grief, right? I don't know what to say. Most of the time, we don't really know what to say when someone's going through grief. I always used to think that I needed to say something when someone mentioned they had a loss, um, you know, because that's what you're taught, right? You're taught to pay your respects, say your condolences, but really and truly, when you are affected by grief indirectly, it's not someone that's like really close and dear to you, but the person that they're close to, that you're close to, it's affecting them. It starts to affect you. Now, I did meet him, you know, I knew him for a brief moment as I got in my relationship with my husband, but I didn't have history with him like my husband did. And when he passed, um, it was devastating because I felt it as well because that's his brother, right? And I, he felt lost and 
you know, shook up because he's, he's trying to process this news. And I think because we have such a strong bond in our relationship, I was able to forget about myself a bit and be there for him in whatever capacity he needed to be there for. Um, you know, I sat back with him, we laughed, we drank, we talked, you know, I just let him do it. I was present for him. Um, it takes a lot of healing for you to be present for someone else. And when I say present, I mean like being really aware, like shutting everything else off and focusing on that person and what that person has to say. Like that active listening ear that a life coach has, I had to do that without making it about me. I couldn't make it about me because he was leading me in the most utmost uh, way of how he was processing his grief. And I was happy to be in that place where I can sit there and hear him regale stories of when they were younger, when they started the band and him sharing memories and, you know, the outlook. And it was so funny because, you know, we were supposed to see him and his girlfriend um, the following month in Louisville, Kentucky, when we went to Louder Than Life Festival, we were going to meet back up, you know, he got engaged and we were going to talk about it and wedding plans. And it just suddenly happened. And it just felt like a really huge loss, not only for my husband, but for myself. I grieved along with my husband and it takes a lot of like, healing processes for you to actually do that because most of the time we just shut ourselves off because we don't know how to. Prior to that, my coworker of six years passed away and she passed away May 4th and I had spoken to her like two weeks prior to that and she explained to me that, you know, she was in the hospital, she's fighting for her life and it just, it was just so devastating because I knew her. I worked with her for six years, not just in passing, but we worked on the same team and she had her son. He had graduated high school and she texted me and sent me the pictures of the graduation. And it looked like she was in the hospital for months on respirator. And it was like, there was no... Um, there was nothing else they could do for her. And so when I got the call from my other coworker um, that had grew up with her in school and said, hey, Vaughn, um, Nicole passed away. That one really hurt me a lot because that when I moved to Tennessee, her and I clicked right away and we became close. And, you know, we've always had our little tit for tats and you know she'll we'll go around and drive around together and she's always telling me her son thinks my accent is funny and the way that you know I would speak and she's like you just say things out of the way and just remembering her in this moment just felt good to smile about her because it's she's she was younger than I was and it really that one really hurt me and it's um it's because I was in therapy, I understood how to process that grief because I did not want to go to her funeral. I didn't want to go to any of her memorials or anything like that because in that moment when she passed away, it was so 
heavy on me that I just didn't know how to process it. And I, I, you know, I called my other friend and I said, listen, I can't see her like this. Like I can't go to her funeral or her repast. I just, a part of me feels lost. And it's okay to say that, or it's okay to feel that. Like I felt selfish, but I just wanted to remember her in the happiest of moments. And it just wasn't something that I could really truly intake. It was just a lot. It was really, really heavy. And I told my therapist, I was like, a part of me felt selfish, but I was also taking care of me too, because I had to realize that this grief is hard, right? I, it was really hard because I hadn't seen her since the pandemic happened and we went home. I have not seen her and I don't get to see her. I don't get to call her and say, hey, I'm coming to Nashville. Let's go have a drink or something. I don't get to do that. I do not get to do that. That grief just just it's piling on like I would think of her and it just dawns on me like this is how this happened in 2023 like I lost a friend this was the very first time I've lost a friend I've lost my grandma I've lost my granddad during the pandemic but I did not lose I've never lost a friend close to me and it really really was devastating to feel that way and and know that I could never see Nicole again um, and then I look back at my text messages and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I spoke to her prior to her passing away. Um, that grief was really a lot. And then my best friend had two people in a span of a month and a half that was close to her pass away. And the one was very recent. Um, and I think this is why it's a great topic to kind of bring up is that um, she's processing grief and I want to be there for her, but I don't know how to. I really don't know how to be there for her. So my most important way that I could show up for her is checking in to see how she's doing. How are you feeling? How are, how's your day going today? Um, because this happened two days ago. Um, prior to that last month, one of her very close friends died as well. Someone she'd mentioned to me before and, you know, they had a good relationship because their kids went to the same school and so they were close. And, you know, I know that that was a hard one for her because this woman was fight, was battling lung cancer for a long time. And, you know, the other one had heart problems and it just, it just felt like, Oh my God, this is ha this has been the heaviest year for me because I was affected because my people that are close to me was affected by grief. Um, and I was in that element with it. A lot of you might not understand or be able to process what I'm saying of like, how did it affect you? But it do affect you, right? When people go through grief or loss, people that are close to you that you talk to, you have a relationship with, you're going to feel some of that extension of the grief on you because that's the relationship that you've had with that person. So because my best friend lost two people that were dear to her, I feel for my best friend. She's hurting. And so a part of me is like, how can I fix it? That's the old me. The new me is just be here when she needs you. 
That's that's all you have to do. If she calls and just wants to talk your ear off, let her. If she calls and just wants to cry, let her. Like, let her process her grief how she wants to. Do not interject yourself in her grief. And so I had to really think of that because most of the time we don't. We do not be, we're not present sometimes when people are going through grief we just say the bare minimum and we walk away because it does not directly infect affect us but indirectly it does and you have to really think of it that's what life is life is really going to let you see how people process different things how people you know deal with traumas deal with grief deal with all different types of changes in their lives so here's another thing as well um, I remember that, you know, there, there are times where my best friend will probably be going through something and she doesn't tell me, right? She doesn't share it with me and that's okay. You don't have to share it with me. But if you talk to someone constantly and you know, you, you're having this constant dialogue with a person over and over every day, you guys checking on each other and you realize that their tone of voice is changing in conversation. You're hearing a lot of it's And when I say you're hearing is if you're present, cause this only happens when you are present, you gotta be in the present moment to hear these things so you can understand why they're happening and how you should navigate them. Before I used to navigate it like if it was me, like I was the issue, right? I used to be like, oh, maybe I, you know, she don't want to talk to me or maybe, you know, something. I just used to come up with all this shit in my head. And then I sat down with my therapist and I said, you know, something that dawned on me the other day, I said to my therapist in one session that my best friend may be going through something. And even though I am talking like my day is going great. I'm telling her how great my day is or what I'm dealing with. And, you know, she's still on the phone. There's not much communication. There's not much dialogue. It's one-sided. It's a lot of silence. It's a lot of short answers. I had to realize that maybe my friend is going through something. And because we are two different individuals, how she processes it and handles it is different from how I process and handle issues that I'm going through. I am a talker. I am someone who will talk out my problems. I will try to navigate how I can fix my issues before I let them fester. Younger me used to let them fester and eat away and it becomes a cycle. Older me realized that if there's an issue with me or there's a problem happening, I have to find ways to fix that issue so it doesn't fester because when it festers and builds up, then I lash out because I am present in my moment. I am present for Vaughn. I know who Vaughn is. I've looked in the mirror and I've done the mirror work. So I know that when, if I have anxiety or there's something not going the right way, then I tend to either recoil in myself or I tend to lash out or behave in a way that I need control. I need to control the narrative or control the situation. And so once I learned through therapy and did the work, I realized that I now know how to handle when things get where they need to be. Now, with my best friend, maybe she's not at that place where she knows how to express herself to say, hey, you know what, Vaughn, I'm going through some things right now. 
maybe, um, and I don't really feel like talking. So let me process this and I'll get back to you. A lot of times we don't all know how to do that. The reason is, is because we've never given, been given the tools to do that. So, you know, teaching people how to say, Hey, I can't talk to you today because I'm such and such, or you don't have to ignore their call. You can just simply pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know what? I'm having a really rough day today. Um, usually I talk it out, but other times I'm, I just don't want to talk it out. And, and today's happens to be one of that, one of those days I'll hit you back when I'm getting in my right mind. I think that's courtesy. That's courtesy. You don't have to do it because I've learned also in therapy is that you cannot determine anyone's reaction from what you say. So I used to have a hard time saying no, I would say no. And then I got to explain why I can't go why I can't be here, why I can't see this, or why I can't do this. I used to do the explaining after the no. And I had to learn that you don't have to do that. They don't, they don't require you to tell them why you're saying no. If they ask you for something or to do something and you at that moment does not want to do it or want to offer it, say no and that's it. No is the sentence. Stop right there and keep it moving. There's no need to explain why you're saying no. It's hard. I will tell you, it's hard to do that. But I used to constantly do it. I did it in my career when I was climbing the ladder. I I felt like I had to like give an explanation if I took a day off or if I needed time to do that. Now I just say, I'm taking a mental health day. And that's it when I need a mental health day. Other times I say I'm on vacation and I don't give details. I choose when and we're to be expressive and give, um, you know, let you know what's going on. Other times I don't have to do that because I have choices. And one of the choices I have is to tell you that, Hey, I'm not in a good mood right now. So I don't want to talk. Um, there are times where I could say, Hey, I really would love to talk to you today, but not about this. So with me and my husband, something we do is when we get home from work, We give ourselves 10 to 15 minutes to talk about whatever we want to talk about. We ask about each other's day. How's your day going? What you, you know, what you did, whatever. Um, If there's something that I need to vent for, I will vent, get it over with and keep it moving. After that, we let the world go and we become who we are and live in our moment and do us and we're in a different space. That's a boundary I have set because if I continuously come home every day and talk about work and keep going on, on and on the whole entire night, I will never enjoy my comforts of my home with my partner because I am focusing on all the other shit that's going on. So a part of me is like, we're not doing that anymore. Um, and it has worked wonderful for me. There are also times where my husband would ask about something that was bothering me and we're going out to dinner and I say to him, we're not going to talk about it. And he's like, oh, nope, we're not going to talk about it. In that moment, I am setting that boundary because I want to go out with you tonight there and have a wonderful dinner. I want to laugh. I want to just reminisce. I want to just have a date night where I don't bring that to the beginning of the date. And he's gotten to the point where he's learning that, okay, when she says she doesn't want to talk about it, let me let it go. Don't bring it up and so forth. So I think 
as we extend grace to others, we understand how it's not always about you. Don't put yourself in that position to make it about you. If someone else comes to you about their issues, let them come on their terms. Don't try to force it on your terms um, because you ba it backfires on you. It truly does. And most of the time, we feel like we got to interject ourselves in people's situations. I don't want to interject. I got my own shit. I have my own shit to deal with, so I'm not going to interject on yours. I want you to feel so comfortable in this friendship or this relationship that our bond that we have, that when you're ready to talk about your issues, that you feel that I am ready to listen for them. I'm not going to assume that I know how you're feeling or what is going on. I can only listen that, you know what, the tone of voice is different. So maybe I need to step back a little bit, let her process it, let people process things, and then they'll come to you as who they want to come to you as. I know it's difficult for us because we feel like we have to know what's going on, but in reality, that's their life and you shouldn't take on what they're going through and just mostly focus on you. I think we forget how to be present for ourselves and focus on what's going on in ourselves. It's not being selfless, selfish or selfless, but it's also being aware that you aren't directing their life. They are. And if a friend is acting a certain way or feeling a certain way or they're not telling you anything, just be patient and wait for them to show up. Don't try to force them to show up. I've listened to a lot of people trying to force friends to show up or force people. And I've even been that in that position where someone tried to force me to show up when I didn't really want to and I wasn't ready for it. And it's okay to say, hey, I just, I just got to take a moment for myself. I need to regroup. I am the girl who needs a break from people. I don't have a lot of friends, like close-knit friends that come over because I don't like that type of relationship with friends. Um, me and my best friend live in two different states. I go to visit, vice versa. And, you know, we, we keep that relationship where it's at. Not that we don't want to be around each other, but it's just the way the world kind of worked out for us and how our friendship flows. But I've never been the girl to say, hey, how about you guys come to my house and, you know, let's have girls night or do that. I'm just not that kind of girl. Um, I do enjoy one-on-one -on -one times going out with a girlfriend, but I find that I'm not my true self sometimes because I don't know what to expect when I'm in a, a, a group, a friend setting outside because I've never really had it, right? And so oftentimes when I'm invited somewhere for dinner or go to be with a person for brunch, it's very, I don't know how to explain it. It's very f like formal. It's not comfortable or like relaxing or like that. It's very like, hey, how's life going? Catching up, that kind of thing. You eat your dinner, your lunch, whatever, and you go about your business. And I just... I don't have that here in Tennessee where like what I have my best. I wish my best friend lived here, um, but unfortunately she don't. And I know that if she lived here, I, that would be what I would have. I would have that soft, comfortable self with her where I could just relax, be myself, hang out, do whatever. And it's not formal. 
Um, I promised myself in 2024 that I would go out to like networking and meeting because I would love to meet other women who are about their shit and who don't want to come over and sit on my couch and think my house is cozy and that that's a thing. <laughs> I just, can I say their algorithm don't do that to me in 2024? I'm going to say that. Um, that is all I have for you guys today on the podcast. Like I said, I'm so excited to be back and recording the podcast. Um, she Talks Live has been in the works for some time. Um, I couldn't dedicate a lot of it to her because this podcast really means a lot to me. I couldn't dedicate a lot because I was trying to get my YouTube off the ground and I was doing a whole lot of other things, but I feel like this is my purpose. This is where I'm at. And I hope and pray that those out there that are listening to the podcast um, find something in here that will give you insight, inspiration, have you thinking. And, you know, if it's something you can apply to your life, um, you know, definitely let me know. I am on Treads. Um, the, all that stuff will be in the description below if you want to follow me on Threads. The podcast is also on Threads. Um, you know, Flashcore Coaching is also on Threads. And just if you want to talk to me and be interactive, I will also list, like, you can leave a message on here or you can come and find me on Threads. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, we can be very... Um, interactive. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I will talk to you on the next one. Bye guys.